Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. <laughs> and this is the From First to Last podcast. Hey, this is a From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where we get together each week, my friend Craig and I. We work yep. our way through a director's theatrical filmography from their first film all the way to their last. And this season, Craig, who have we been, who been tackling? Roberto Zemeckos. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto. Hey, Robert Zemeckis. The yeah. man. The king. The so, dude. <laughs> the dude-a-roni. Bobby Z. Bobby Z. Bobo Z. Um, <laughs> it's funny you say it in that sort of Latino way. Um, I was listening back to, oh gosh, I can't remember the episode, but there's one where we, we talk about Louise Guzman for a good 15 <laughs> minutes in what could be the most offensive little section. Yeah, I think it might be it's the one line. So much as it's just ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things because we are so ignorant. Uh, I spent a good portion of that time laughing. Exactly. <laughs> guys, look, back. if you ever think like, oh, they should know better. Look up Newcastle in the scheme of the world. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if your only touch point is Sydney in Australia, we're like two hours out of the way from Sydney. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we are... And it, we're on the up and up, Craig. Oh, yeah. We yeah. are on the Newcastle up and up. Newcastle is a growing town. So, Craig, today it's quite fitting that um, we're tackling the film that we're tackling. Yes, it um, is quite fitting. Because this is actually our first episode after Christmas. Yes, it is. Jingle bell. That's jingle right. Bell. So, we've had a couple of days off. The public holidays have all happened around Australia. Yeah, Michael uh, Bublé's been playing freaking everywhere. Yeah, we've had a lot of John Legend's Christmas special uh, being uh, played in the Reed Really? House. Yeah. It's better than Mariah Carey. That is very very true. That is very <laughs> true. So uh yeah, we've had a we've had a great Christmas. How was your Christmas, Craig? Yeah, it was it was uneventful. I enjoyed it. Sometimes I they're great the uneventful ones. I though, know, aren't they? exactly. Everyone got along well with each other. Everyone was more within the concept of Christmas, you know, yes. like just enjoying family personalities and so on. It was good. It was really good. Spent time with my brother, John, who we've talked about before. Oh, we love we you, John. We went crazy. We watched some movies. Craig, what movie <laughs> did you watch? <laughs> I watched a little a little movie about horoscopes called Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are listening for the first time, we've spent almost an entire season. Uh, this is our 17th episode. There's been 16 episodes <laughs> where I regularly bring up the fact that Craig has not watched David Fincher's Zodiac. And, and, this, uh, and even before, about good Three years before this podcast <laughs> even existed, I would get random texts. Haven't you watched it yet? Oh, <laughs> listen. And all my Christmas wishes were answered this year <laughs> when I got the text message from Craig saying that he and his brother John had watched Zodiac. So, John, I thank you for, for being your own version of Make-A-Wish Foundation <laughs> <laughs> and making my dreams come true. We just needed something to watch. I'm like... Do you want to watch Zodiac, John? It'll just get Jeff off my back. <laughs> He's like, you haven't seen it either. Awesome. And mini review, totally awesome. You would love it. It's amazing. Yeah, I know it? it is. It's an amazing. It Especially for those who have seen the Netflix series Mindhunter, uh, which is produced by David Fincher. Yep. Um, Mindhunter is like 
a TV series of Zodiac. The yeah, way exactly. That it is. Um, so Zodiac is just an amazing. That film. attention to detail is seriously immaculate. Yeah, it's so immaculate. Good, it? Yeah, you know what I mean. You just oh god, and it's just beautiful. At beautiful, bright, washed-out colours. Yeah. In comparison to the just the grubby story. There's an awesome thing on the behind the scenes um, where Jack Gyllenhaal talks about how meticulous Fincher is in his filmmaking. <sighs> and there's a scene where he's in the car and he's sort of trying to solve a puzzle and he throws a book on the passenger seat next to him and the camera watches it. I think uh, Gyllenhaal says there were 46 takes of that throw the book to the side <laughs> in order to get the one that Fincher felt was right. So uh, he's, oh man, I could just talk about Fincher all day, but oh, that's mate, not why we're th- here, No, Craig. it's not why we're here. We're here for another master. Well, yeah, one that um, Robert Zemeckis, I tell you, I was talking to Big Reedy today, who is uh, my dad. My Who's parents. his older clone, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you've probably seen him on the uh, on the social media, but... Uh, we were talking about it, and he's like, you know, what's the what's the next um, the next film for you to watch? And uh, I said, oh, it's it's Flight. And he's like, oh, that's not a Robert Zemeckis movie, is it? <laughs> and so, you know, it's one of those things where you constantly talk to people about Zemeckis's work, yeah, and they're shocked that those films are his. Again, like yeah. the amount of people we talked. About after the Beowulf episode. And then like, <laughs> I can't believe Beowulf's a Robert Zemeckis film. Exactly. It's amazing. I was at a barbecue yesterday and um, and I started telling what I what more I had to watch because the guy was, is one of our listeners. Yes. And he goes, what else you got to watch? And I said, yeah, we're going to watch Fly. We're going to watch The Walk. And he's like, oh my God, Zemeckis do that. I go, yeah, man. It's amazing, isn't That's it? It's just, you don't realise it. And we can actually talk about it now because we are no longer embargoed. Oh, we're uh, embargoed. Yes, <laughs> we are. Craig and I had the pleasure of watching Robert Zemeckis' latest film. Yes. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marwin. Um, and so we'll get to the Welcome to Marwin a little bit. We're going to actually, we're doing two recordings today. We're going to record up. a mini episode for y'all. So you Which can is more just a review episode. Yeah, that's you right. Know, we'll keep with the track on Welcome to Marwin once it hits its proper channel. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think um, there's some parallels for Marwin and today's film that I think are really interesting. I think it's, yeah, exactly. I agree. I think there's um, there's a lot of touch points. Yeah. You can see where... Marwan could almost be where one of the things where Zemeckis was heading. Yeah, it's it's like we've talked about previously in the in the podcast um, how quite often he tries something. Yep. Almost like practice makes perfect. Yeah, true. And so it's like there were some moments that he had practiced along the way to get to getting this sort of refined and exactly and like in design. He loves to transfer his skills. He sure does. Man, he's he? awesome at that. You know what I mean? Like he's basically, he. I think he looks. I think he has. It's almost like he has a piece of paper which has all his set skills. Yeah. And then looks at a story and says, "Okay, well, what skills can I bring exactly for that one? Oh, I'm good at. I'm good at that. I can do that. 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 And but, I think what I really love in that is a lot of directors have a bag of tricks that only have a few tricks in them. Yeah. Exactly. And. He must have a very... He's got a very large bag of tricks. Oh, man. He would have an amazing amount of it. Yeah. And, and we've said it before. Like, today's film is the 15th film Robert Zemeckis <laughs> has directed. <laughs> to which so many directors that are, are big working directors today... Yeah. ...haven't made that many films no, in their entire gosh, career. No. 
And nor did they have as much success as he's had. Exactly. You know, he is he's one of the highest grossing directors of all time. Exactly. And it's funny you hear and, and look, admittedly, if you're listening to reviews and stuff, he's he's copping a little bit of a caning lately. Um yep. good old Bobby. But if you look at the span of his career, yeah, like I saw a guy go, oh yeah, he's had you know he's had a last couple where a bit of a duds and stuff like that. Mate, look at his career. Yeah, who are you holding <laughs> up? You're probably wearing a shirt of a director who had nowhere near as an impact on the film industry as yep. this man has had. Yeah, and now look, I don't. Yeah, I'm a Bobby Z apologist now, but <laughs> oh, look, but this is what's been wonderful about this series hasn't it and, yeah, exactly. and the podcast and i'm really excited craig and i know who the next um director is for our our season two yeah um i'm really excited to see what's going to happen in that because i think i'm hoping just like robert zemeckis is that in doing it i'm, I'm not making a crazy claim like he's going to be on the zemeckis level no, oh, no. I've just given a little hint away there anyways but no, I don't think that they're going to be a um on the same level. But I think what it is, is I think looking at the films the way we have, yeah. you get such an appreciation of the work that they're doing yeah. in order to bring these films to exactly. life. And, and I think it takes a film like, you know, even, <laughs> it's crazy, but a film like Death Becomes Her, which has not been one of my favourite movies that no. Robert Zemeckis and you and I are both getting caned because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting... Oh, uh, man, I'm getting heat. Oh, man, no. I'm getting heat. I'm just like, man, this situation's getting awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Death Becomes Her had a far bigger following than I And I don't think we were being vicious. We were being <laughs> generally... We're just generally confounded by the film. <laughs> we weren't like, I hate this, I hate this. We were just but like, I don't get it. Even... <laughs> it's so true. But even like, you know, the Death Becomes Her episode, I really would be quite happy to go back and watch it again. Oh, same, same. It, it, it almost feels like um, sometimes... And seeing like obviously Zemeckis Cube, the uh, that awesome Facebook page, yeah, um, and the Robert Zemeckis, there's a fan Facebook page as well. I feel like sometimes I'm just late on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, totally. You it's, know what I mean? I'm like, uh, like there's a whole bunch of people going, "God, you guys, you think you're movie buffs and you've never appreciated this dude before?" I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I am sorry. <laughs> I sorry. am sorry, Bobby. <laughs> so, Craig, this this week's episode is, as we said, very fitting. Because mm-hmm. it's a Christmas carol. Yes. And uh, I'm a little bit... Um, I've been... I thought you were going to go ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I'm a little ho, ho, ho. I'm, I'm really... I've been excited to get to it because this has sort of a... Um, there's like a bit more meaning behind this film for us on a personal level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Than, than probably... A lot of his work because this was one of the early films that we did in our Cinefuls run. Oh. It was one of our first screenings, and yes, that and Death Race, yeah, that and Death Race. <laughs> and so, like this, really, like for the Cinefuls origins, uh, the from first to last origins, I should say, this is really where Craig and I had been film reviewers. We yep. had our own website called Cinefuls, giddy up, and um, and so this was one of the first films we did, and this was like. We were so excited to get this movie, weren't we? Oh, weren't we ever? But we're excited to get any screen. Oh, we were pumped for Death Race. The fact that we drove two hours down the city to watch (laughs) friggin' Jason Statham 
drive around in a in a beat up car was and just... Statham wasn't even there. Yeah, we no. were just at a screening. No, we were just at a screening. And remember the there Some... was a lady with a clipboard and she ticked off our name and we thought we were so cool. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and and the 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 fact that we had to check our mobile phones in for uh, security purposes was like, was like oh la di da. Oh la di da. We're in the elite now. Yeah, we're that's the right. That's I, exactly right. I could look down on normal patrons now. <laughs> so um so if you tuned in last week, we 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 talked all things Beowulf. Yeah, um, and it was it was a again. I actually went into the recording feeling like I did not have a great time watching Beowulf. <laughs> um, I that said, I have to stress that I really appreciate the film. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. No, exactly. And look, and that being said, I enjoy the film. I still enjoy the film. But yeah. once again, um, what we're saying is. Through the eyes of Game of Thrones, a modern day Game of yep. Thrones, it could have done better. Yep, totally. Um, but still, a good film for its time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, we'll get into it again later. But so crucial to technology today. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I want to hear about this. Ooh. So, um, so yeah. Well, let's get into uh, the little lead up between Beowulf and A Christmas Carol. Brilliant. So, love it. So we're currently in two thousand and nine now. In Zemeckis. Where was I in 2009? Where were you? So we were both working at the same business. We were still at Singing Tour. Yeah. I mean, the other place. The other place. <laughs> we were both there because we were doing our little runs of finishing work early and then shooting down to Sydney, watching a screening and then coming back. Yes, and, that's right. And, and so it and was... making up time. Yeah, and, and I think at this stage... Pissing off our co-workers. Craig and I were... Just one co-worker. We, no, yeah. two, two, two. Two. Two were very unhappy well, about it. Well, I'd say one and they? a half. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Terrible. <laughs> Just like, don't go next Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Craig, there's been two years between Beowulf and A Christmas Carol. Cool, yep. And um, if we think about before that, I, I'm pretty sure um, I've got my notebook here so I can check. There was sort of a three-year period to make Beowulf. So he's obviously honing the craft. Yeah. Um, you know, streamlining it. He's deep in his motion. Yeah, culture. yeah. Um, and so, so two years between making it. And um, what's really interesting is, this is the only film in Zemeckis' body of work where he is the sole screenwriter. Oh, wow. So he's he's been involved, and all his films sort of from Beowulf onwards, he's been, he's been a screenwriter on there. Yeah. But he's done it with someone else. Um, but this is the only one where all on his own he writes the screenplay. Like we were saying before, though, it seemed like he was like watching Polar Express as well. Yeah, seems like he was always interested in the Christmas Carol. Hundred percent. Like it's just something that he's probably grown up with. One of his favorite stories. Hundred percent. And there was a funny little tidbit I found. We talked about the marionette in Polar Express that's yeah. sort of hanging up, and it looks like just Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, it does. And pretty much that he took and just used as the basis for his Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas <sighs> Carol. So, um, yeah, so Zemeckis actually um, did an interview where he described A Christmas Carol as a story. And he actually said it's one of his favorite stories that deals with time travel. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. I didn't look at that through that through that eyes. I have not looked at it through that eyes. That's yeah, true. So, so when you think about that, it makes a lot of sense because there are these sort of, we've talked about it before, these these looks in his film, not even thinking about Back to the Future, but these things that look at past, present, future 
in a time sense throughout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throughout his film, almost like this sort of, you know, so many. I'm just realizing now when you think about it, you know, a lot of films do it. Gump moves through eras. Um, Castaway moves, moves through eras. Death becomes her. What lies beneath moves through eras. Yeah. So there's all these films that work through, you know, even Beowulf yeah. works through eras in there. Um, again, Contact. They're ah. not just, they're just not a, we don't watch a week time frame. No. Like a week, seven days time frame. We're often watching a past, a present, and a future within his films. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny thinking about Contact now, yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah, heaps of, heaps of time travel. Yeah, so I guess when you really think about that, A Christmas Carol, it's all led to A Christmas Carol. Guess so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the ghost of past, uh, present, and future. Um, So it's just the more, he's personified it now with this tale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, And so, um, so there were a few people considered in it um, before, and we've talked again in previous episodes how because it's such a closed confined production yeah. in motion capture, which is essentially a soundstage slash warehouse slash that people office. are hidden in. Yeah, exactly. Um, but originally they, they'd looked at uh, reuniting Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd for roles within the film. Oh, really? Um, but it never really came a, a re- about. And I'm really glad they went for Jim Carrey because I think he's I, a yeah. great choice for Oh, I thought speech. he was great. I thought it was odd, though. There's... There's there's some really odd bits in there with you know Jim I mean? Carrey. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was odd, but um, but yeah, true. It's you know Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey, and yeah. you can't knock out talented Jim Carrey. Oh, he especially if you're playing motion capture, man. Yeah. You want someone who's it's like he's almost like just um a mainstream Andy Circus. You know what I mean? Like just well, he started his career in um, impersonations. Yeah, didn't exactly. He? And he can just you know and move and contort his body. Yeah. No, he totally. So this is a Christmas Carol is um, Robert Zemeckis's last motion capture film. Yep. Um, there was to be a Yellow Submarine motion capture after yeah. this. We've talked about previously that um, it actually got vetoed by Paul McCartney because he wasn't interested in it. But Damn they went Paul as far McCartney. as having. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn Paul McCartney. <laughs> I know. Uh, he was probably pretty upset with the way that his bass got licked in. Uh, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> <laughs> but he was probably having trouble with Heather at the time. <laughs> probably so, was, if you think about it. So um, yeah, yeah. we will fast forward to now when Welcome to Marwin comes out. Yeah. Now, the motion capture techniques that uh, Zemeckis has really honed, yeah. he uses to great effect in Welcome it's, to Marwin, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's amazing. And the way he shifts... You know, yeah. but we'll talk about it obviously more in depth later. But yeah, you can see that he's a man now in Welcome to Marwan, where motion caption, motion capture, sorry, is just second nature. Yeah, it's it's easy, um, and there's no there's no um, hints of there being dead eyes or anything like that. No, exactly, exactly. You know, everything you see on the screen is a master work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the budget that they had for the film was about 175 to 200 million dollars. God damn. Which we're talking avatar dollars. That's a lot of dollars, <laughs> man. Jeez. Now, he made 325 million dollars on it. 
Okay. That's not bad. So it's not bad. Is that domestic or worldwide? Worldwide. Okay. Always worldwide, Craig. Okay, Come on cool, now. Cool. Just making sure. Come yeah. on now. So, um, so he made some money, but that was nowhere near what the um, <laughs> the box office was for <laughs> for the for, for the film's release that year. Oh. So, Craig, do you want to hear what films were released? Bring it in on, Jeff Reed. Bring it on. The Hit number me with your rhythm stick. The <laughs> Wilza, <laughs> Wilza. Uh, the number one film for two thousand and nine was Avatar. <laughs> really? Yep. So if we again think of a Christmas Carol's motion capture, yeah, versus Avatar's motion capture, you can see how um, James Cameron took a technology, yep, and just made it astounding. Because Kathy Lee and I have been watching Avatar uh, recently, mm. and the visual effects. A cutting edge, ten nearly ten years on. Isn't that crazy? Like we're about to go into two thousand and nineteen next week. In a couple of days, we'll wow. be in twenty nineteen, and Avatar will be ten years old. Good lord, man! And Avatar, man, what an awesome yeah, what an awesome film. Yeah, it is, and it made two point seven eight billion dollars. Lord, so uh, yeah, that's uh. Mm. That's a lot more than World Boy dollars. Yeah, that is world. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, well, that's yes. a little bit more than World Boy dollars. Uh, also released in 2009, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Which one's that? The one where um, oh, Snape. Snape is sort of... Half. Harry finds the chemistry book and he's ah, learning gotcha, all gotcha, the things. Gotcha. It's actually a really good one. There's yeah, it that, is a good one. That hilarious... I love the scene where he gets the liquid luck. He wins, oh, yes. it, wins it by using Snape's potion and then has that hilarious sort of, he's very cocky and... Um, oh, I can't remember it. Wow, it's got uh, Professor Slughorn, which is um, Jim... Oh, I can't remember his name. He's so awesome. That bit at the start where, where Dumbledore and Harry go into a house and there's an old couch and he oh, pokes yeah, it with yeah, the wand yeah, and yeah, he yeah, turns yeah. into a couch. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, it's all flooding back to so, me. So, yeah, I love Jim. It starts with a C. Is it C? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Broadbent. Broadbent starts with a B. The letter before C. Um, <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> also released was Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Yep. Seen it a million times. Don't want to ever see it again. <laughs> Transformers 2. Don't. Yep. Uh, on another note, I watched Bumblebee. Oh, did you? Awesome. Is it? Awesome. Oh, because Travis Knight. We legend. saw Aquaman yesterday. I saw Aquaman yesterday too. And? And loved it. It was so much fun, it. wasn't it. it? It's finally uh, a, a Marvel movie made by DC. Oh, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. James Bond, Except what for what the uh, six nerds behind us who um, <sighs> just had nothing but horrible things to say about the way DC films have treated their characters. It's like, just oh, enjoy what away, you're watching. Hey, man, Jesus. Oh, no. It's like those people used to complain just, oh, seriously, they just. They frustrate me. The uh, fifth highest grossing film of 2009 was one that has a bit of a ouchy spot for Craig Killian. Ooh. 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Man, heaps ouchy. I've never been destroyed on the internet oh, so thoroughly. Was, we got pretty so destroyed thoroughly. for Star Trek. Remember they, they there were people that doubted we even did our interviews for, like they oh, yeah. they claimed that we were making interviews up. Oh, yeah. 
there was Wasn't a couple of people strange. like that. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Okay. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but 2012, man, I got ripped apart. You ripped sure apart. For did. For those of you who don't know, I wrote a review. Um, I wrote it whilst I was at work, admittedly. Um, yeah. And I wrote it with a very small screen as I was typing. And, and I totally <laughs> uploaded it without reviewing it. It was poorly written. It was poorly edited. And it was poorly received. <laughs> uh, just like the film. Just like the film. Seriously. It, it, it probably had as... The, the film was a lot more coherent than my review. And it got ripped apart. Yeah, now, there was one Craig. commenter who actually um, stuck up for me, which I found out a couple of years later what turned out to be my brother. Oh, you're joking. No, it was oh, John. John. <laughs> and even heart. John said to me, guys... I was just sticking up here because you were my brother, but I agreed with everyone <laughs> on that. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Um, also released Pixar's Up. One of my favourite movies. Still cry in the first five oh, minutes. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's, it's another perfect example of you don't need to throw it into the face of people for people to understand the story no and where someone's from. No. That dictates the whole movie and you're basically, you're already involved. So Already good. involved. It's so, so amazing. So amazing. They didn't have to throw it in your face. Loved it. All right. Uh, keeping on 2009 being some hit and misses throughout it. Twilight New Moon. Oh, I don't do a real. Nah. Oh. We don't need to. Oh, I freaking hate those. Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. Loved it. Yeah, so Loved much fun. Loved it. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Great combo. Oh, man. Seriously. And let's talk about another one. Yeah, man, I hope so. I hope they, so. They I thought that was just... There's so much I'd fun. just watch it just for them too. But I, I even... I loved Game of Shadows. Yeah, Game of Shadows was great. Man, and I, I thought he was an awesome Moriarty. Um, yeah, Jared um, Harris. Yeah, Jared Harris, man. He was He's awesome. good at anything he's in. I know, man. He was just creepy as hell. Loved it. Uh, loved it. Number nine was Angels and Demons, the Dan Brown. Still haven't seen it. It's, it's the best. Out of the Dan Brown ones that they've Oh, made. really? Yeah, it's the best one. Ewan McGregor's an awesome um, villain. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, the Hangover. <laughs> I loved it when I first saw it. Yep. What, a, what a wild film. It's still a lot of fun. Um, now, that was number 10. So from now on, they're just random films throughout here that I've just chucked ones that I knew we like. Um, Taken. Oh, wow. Liam Neeson. So, Taken. Weird, weird thing about Taken was it was released for like a week and then pulled back off the shelves. Really? And then re-released. So, it was re-released over in the States. Wow. And then, by the time it was re-released, it was already on Blu-ray and DVD over here. Legit. Seriously, man. Seriously. Because I remember, I, uh, I remember it being released for about a week and then they took it back and then they re-released it in the States again. Wow. At a later time. And it became huge. Um, but it had already been released. Um, yeah, in Europe it? and Australia. Um, a film that we both love, Craig, Coraline. Uh, I was talking about it the other day. I'm once again talking about Travis Knight um, and his Laker gang. Man, it's Henry Selleck? Yeah, Henry Selleck. Man, what a great film. Seriously, my wife dressed up as the wife of... With the buttons on the eyes. Yeah, yeah I remember that photo. Awesome, So man. good. Seriously, that's, that movie is still terrifying. Uh, Watchmen was released. Brilliant. Love watching Another one that was big for us during the Cinefall's oh, time. No, that was heaps big. But that was also just a very damn good film. I watched a part of it not long ago. And just oh, it. man. It's, um, and watching Aquaman yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize the visual impact that 
Zack Snyder's films have had on DC properties. Oh, definitely. Especially Aquaman, man. Yeah. Supposedly, Snyder leaned heavily into Aquaman um, for the Justice League one. Wow. So there's heaps more footage. Wow, that's cool. Mm. I'd I'd love to uh, hear about that sometime. Um, Yeah, just those moments um, in Aquaman that were sort of the slow motion sort of battle scenes that were going on. And you don't realise, like, people make fun of Zack Snyder's sort of, when you think of 300, the slow motion with the bloods going off. And then then the quick speed up at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't realise how much that's become a staple to action films these days. Oh, visually he's had a huge impact on a lot of films. Crazy Town, huh? Yeah, exactly. And Batman... Fight scenes are always yeah are some of the best. Yep, some of the best. Totally. Um, X Men Wolverine was released. Oh, X Men Origins. Classic. What yeah, a classic. I know. Yeah, I know. Those beautiful claws in the bathroom. His um, so real, photorealistic, oh, photorealistic. Yikes. Those those are seriously. It looked like a they? scene out of um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like you know, just I was waiting for him to start singing <laughs> the Frank Sinatra tune. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to pump through a few. Pump, pump. Uh, Land of the Lost uh, with 500 Days of Summer was released. Land of the Lost, man. Do you remember when Land of the Lost? Yeah, Will Ferrell being intimidating as yep. shit. And it was a really fun film. Oh, it's a fun film. I fun remember film. you and I just laughing our heads oh, off man. the whole oh, movie. Just, it was. Shaka, so piss yeah. off, Shaka. <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Trek was released. Another great film, man. We were, we were on a roll yeah. this year, man. This is a Cinefalls at its apex, man. Inglorious Bastards. Oh, really? I loved it. I watched a part of that again the other day. The Hurt Locker was released. Loved Hurt Locker. Catherine Bigelow. She won that year. Yeah, she sure did, and it's a great film. It um, is. Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Now. This one just reminded me then, I hadn't even made a note, but but what's interesting is, and probably a reason why Robert Zemeckis wrote it on his own, 2009 was the year of the, um, 2008 was the year of the writer's strike. Oh, that's right. And remember, all these movies were being made where directors were writing the scripts because you weren't allowed to bring anyone else oh, in. Oh, wow. I yeah, totally forgot right. right now until I saw District 9. Jeffrey. Which, remember, District 9 had um, amazing visual effects purely because Weta Digital had no work because of the writer's strike. Yeah. So that probably makes a lot of sense why Zemeckis is the sole That makes the sole heaps screenwriter. of sense. Heaps of sense. I hated that writer's strike. Obviously, they needed it and it was deserved. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I hated it. My favourite TV show at the time, Heroes. Oh, yeah. Never really recovered after it. No, it did not after the writer's strike. No. Did and then it they at tried all. to do this re- weird rebut. I never watched. Yeah, neither. Neither. So that sort of gives you an idea of what was released in 2009. And I guess with the writer's strike in mind, what sort of challenges filmmakers were facing... Oh, yeah. Between Beowulf and A Christmas Carol. Um, So, I guess even thinking about that, Zemeckis is really lucky because he is such a good screenwriter already. Yeah, exactly. um, From his past work. It's like like Tarantino and Glorious Past. Yeah, 100%. He's a very lucky director. James Cameron, Avatar. Oh, God. So, that's sort of where we're up to now. So, um, before we really get into A Christmas Carol, uh, and start talking about it, Craig. Let's find out about it, just because I'm sure there are people at home who 
knew of a Christmas Carol just from pop culture, yep. Christmas time. Yep. But all those bad TV movies. Yeah, there's and there are a lot of them. Oh, there's um, so many. So let's just take a moment and find out about it. Okay. Jim Carrey mixed with animation and possibly the greatest Christmas story ever told. Sorry, Jesus. Robert Zemeckis finishes his motion capture journey with an adventure and a pair of scary ghost demon kids. Welcome to A Christmas Carol. So good. Um, so it's funny you mentioned it just before, uh, Craig, about TV movies mm. and, and, and that. It's actually, I did a bit of research into it because... I thought myself, far out, how many people have had a crack at making a Christmas Carol into a movie or a TV show? And I found that it's actually been performed in theatres. There's been musicals about it. Um, There's been TV adaptations, film adaptations. There's currently another film in the works based upon it. Wow, really? Um, so Bennett Miller, you know how I love a bit of Bennett Miller, nah, Foxcatcher, Moneyball. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. Uh, he's currently working on it. Oh I'm, wow, that'd be weird. Um, It'd be cool if Aaron Sorkin did the script. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, but there have been over twenty film adaptations of this film. Wow. I of saw this story. I saw one in the other day. It's just been released on DVD. Had the guy. Um, I've totally forgotten his name. The guy from Beauty and the Beast, um, Downton Abbey. Oh yeah, Dan. Dan. Um, What's my gizzard? Christmas time has got my brain. Oh not man, working. seriously, my brain is just full of like. Have you seen the turkey guest? And the, yeah, yeah. How brilliant! Crazy brilliant, good man. is it? It's pure John Carpenter. Now, it's awesome. The question I have to ask: Have you seen him in Apostle? I, I, I it's. I know it's going to be a hard one. Oh, I yeah. want to watch it, man. It I was want hard. to watch it, and I know it's going <laughs> to be a hard film. I just in Christmas time, I just don't have to. Oh, I don't man. have the stomach for hard films at Christmas time. It is even like, though I watched Zodiac, which was just basically just ripping your shoulders and tension apart. Oh man, Apostle is just. I don't even know how to describe it. Hey. Oh um, man, seriously, I've heard it's just wild. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, and you you know how much I love mm. his films. Oh, um, it's. It's it's and going back to the thing, it's it's called the man who invented Christmas. Oh yes, yeah, did yeah. you watch that? Did no, you? no, no. I've been wanting to watch. I've Kathy Lee picked it up in the shop yesterday. Oh, are you legend, oh. Kathy Lee? Uh, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see that too. The the story of Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And supposedly, so and it good. has the um, flick between Charles Dickens and then um, the Christmas Carol. Oh, it has so good. Mm. Has Christopher Plummer as Christopher Plummer? I love it. Mr. Struge. I'd love to remember what uh, Dan. It's it's a name like Wilson or Morris or something yeah, like exactly. that. You know, there's just like a boom. Dan Abbey. Um, someone's <laughs> out there. He's probably listening, going, "Oh, Dan man. Stevens." Yay! Yay! Go, Craig. <laughs> Seriously, here's, here's something I've learnt: is four days straight of eating ham. Oh. Is not good for your mental capacity. Oh man, seriously, just four days straight of just being inactive <laughs> <laughs> and just eating oh, yeah. hasn't done anything for me at all. We <laughs> and now we're sitting on a forty degree day. I know. I was looking at. I thought for our worldwide listeners, mm. I actually did a look to see what uh, it is in Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. What so at the moment we're sitting about thirty-four degrees Celsius. Oh, it's thirty-nine at my house. Thirty-nine at yours. Flip a stick. Which is just 
down the road. Well, well, it's in my car, should I say? Thirty-five is a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, (laughs) so we're having a really hot day. Cinefall Studio is uh, the aircon is pumping, Mm -hmm. and thankfully we're only sweating mildly, only in the little creases. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Craig, look, what did you expect of a Christmas Carol going into it? How long's it been since you've seen it? Since it came out. Yeah. So two thousand and nine. Yeah. I think that's probably the last think, yeah, time I saw at it. At the too. movies, because we saw it in 3D. Didn't we see it? Yeah, we yeah. saw it in 3D. Yeah, and that was the last time I watched it. Not because of any dislike for it. I owned it already um, on Blu ray. Oh, so you'd purchased it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. You got a bit of a tale about your journey to watching it. Yeah, so I've restacked my. Um, I've moved to a new house, or should I say, about a year ago. And I just put them all up in the shelf. And I said, I'm going to restack them and, you know, put them all together. And so I got all my Zemeckis films out. Beowulf and um, all the others, and I put Beowulf and Christmas Carol together, and they're gone. I don't know. Oh, that is sad news, Craig. But I had to go out and repurchase. But unfortunately, I had to watch Christmas Carol on DVD. It's a bit of a shame because. um, Oh, it's still a beautiful film, and I I was sitting there going, oh. I wrote a note here which was from the first moment. The first menu came up with Big Ben. You can tell this is going to look glorious. Oh, seriously. And and that's never, never, ever once. And this was so impresses me with Zemeckis' film. Yeah. Even his first damn film, I've never, ever seen a, one of them that looked bad. I know. It's crazy, isn't Not it? Not one of them. Not it's, one of them. It's crazy. So what did you expect, Craig? I expected pretty much a, a, a happy Christmas Carol film with some freaky-ass little kids. Now, what I say, freaky ass little kids. There's a little scene where one represents um, famine and one represents. Oh yeah, greed. where they come out from, like uh, yeah, Father Christmas, Father Christmas's legs, skirt. Yeah. Oh, they were gross, weren't oh, they? Oh man, they were horrible. It's they actually. Horrible. I remember watching it in the movies. Go, yeah. <laughs> and it was an interesting like session because when you think of Christmas Carol, you probably think that there is it is a family film. I always think Disney-fied Yeah, of yeah. It. And it is a Disney film. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah it is So, too. like, in your mind, you think, oh, this is going to be safe to take my family to. Yeah. But there's, like, like Some, if we can go there now. Yeah, go for it. The moment Jacob Marley's ghost arrives and he gets that floppy jaw. Oh, you know no, where he screams and his jaw breaks go, off? <laughs> and then he just, like, he's pushing his jaw up and down like a floppy sort of. Yeah, oh. Like that sick bit in Jurassic Park, you know, where... He, oh, no, in King Kong. King Kong, where yeah, he where he just plays with the plays creature with the, <laughs> One of the best scenes ever. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, in terms of what I expected... Oh, I was going somewhere with that, which was, at the screening, there were so many people with kids. Oh, that's right. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like... Why would you bring kids to that's this right. movie? I when a famous radio presenter brought her yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah that's right. and they left in tears because yeah. it was like <laughs> insanely scary. Uh, oh, that was so, awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Hey, Craig, it's it's interesting. I when we get to the, what we actually feel about the film, I'm very mixed on it um, because um, I know that like it's based upon a novella. Yeah. So it's not a fully fledged story. 
So it's one of those things like, you know, when you think about it, in 2009, they had Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was released. Ooh, I know that's a, that's a place in your heart. Oh, forever. I love that movie. Part two so has a soft spot in my heart. Oh, man. Part two is just it's, as fun. Yeah, I know. It's gold. It's um, gold. But you get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, but like when you think about that, that's a kid's book which is probably 20, 30 pages tops yeah. that they've adapted into an hour and a half. Film. Like How to Train Your Dragon. Well, How to Train Your Dragon is at least 100 pages. Yeah, but it's like four movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we, we, we've actually looked at getting How to Train Your Dragon to read with Evie. Um, and there's like 10 books. Oh, is there? So, oh, but I, I, don't, I don't have a clue how true to the storyline. Because the second book is about pirates. Oh. Um, and stuff like that. So How to Train Your Pirate. Well, yeah, I think it was called How to <laughs> Train Your really? Pirate. How to Train a Pirate or something like that. But they're still keeping with dragons throughout all that. Um, but, you know, you think about a novella. So we're talking probably 40, 50 pages tops. Yeah, true. And you've got to turn that into... This is one of Zemeckis' shortest films at about 93 minutes, oh, including yeah, um, a, a mass amount of credits. Because how long did Beowulf go for? Beowulf was more than two hours. Yeah, that's right. It was too. So it was quite, quite half epic. hour could have really chopped down on that. Yeah, big time. Mm. Yeah, another. We watched a director's cut, so who knows? It could have been fifteen minutes shorter. Yeah, same. I watched a director's cut, uh, which is seems to be the only cut you can get. Yeah, exactly, days. exactly. Supposedly, there's a theatrical cut. Yeah, really. Yeah, you can you can get a hold of because I think um, my brother was telling me that he first originally watched the theatrical cut. Oh man, yeah, I, I know. I'd there's like no Grendel ripping someone apart and drinking him, and scratching his head open. <laughs> Is that true that he didn't drink the person in the theatrical cut? Oh, that's what John said. So wow, it's all hearsay. It's all circumstantial. <laughs> it's a G-rated film. Yeah, it's a G- there's no nude Angelina <laughs> Jolie in it either. Um. But, like, I just don't know what I was expecting. Hey, I think I was expecting... Here's what I didn't expect. And that'll give you an idea of what I was sort of expecting. I didn't expect it to be as dark as it was. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be as magical as it was at times. And I didn't expect for it to be as funny as it was. I, Admittedly, I enjoyed this film a lot more this time. Yeah, I think I feel... Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I think I just, I guess, when I first watched it, I guess the 3D is almost distracting. Yeah. Um, and then I was more just freaked out over those little kids. Um, so yeah, that was one of the things weird, I took away with me. But this time when I watched it, yeah, you're right. I guess, once again, we're through, you know, these rose, rose-tinted Zemeckis glasses we're all wearing. Um, and it's more, and it was, was, it was. It was. There was a lot of magic to it. There's a lot of beauty yeah. to it. There's a lot of um. There's some dialogue in it that has just very true meanings to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene with um Father Christmas, which is the ghost yeah. of Christmas future, he he really hits some truths out there. Oh yeah, he? when he talks about oh, but this is Sunday when Scrooge is trying to think. He goes, no, some men do what we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Starts talking about how it's wrong about what institutionalized, and you go. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good to put that in. <laughs> I um and yeah, I think it was really well written. Yeah, oh, it was well written. Like um, seriously, I think he done really well. And I think like it is a dark story. And I guess I guess as Australians, 
we don't have the emotional connection to the story as say North American. Like it, it's a big part of Christmas for North American people, isn't? it? Yeah, and and look, it's we always look. I guess we always look at your traditional Christmas. Yeah, and go, oh, that looks nice, but that's yeah. not our Christmases. You know, like I remember um, a failed relationship I had was with a right. a Canadian girl. Yeah, and I had to went over to Canada for Christmas, and I remember her saying to me, "Oh yeah, so um." My mum wants to make it as um, make you feel at home for Christmas. So, what did you usually do at Christmas? I go. We well, used to have a barbecue and go to the beach. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, it's snowing over here." <laughs> like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just do do the whole white Christmas. Let me just see what it looks like. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? Because and sweaters I guess like Christmas sweaters. Who in their right mind in Australia would wear a Christmas sweater? Apart Ooh. from you in a promo picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome sweaters too. Dude, I have to do a shout out to Whistle Dixie. Whistle Dixie. The master, some of the best sweaters I've ever seen. It was uh, <laughs> That was just a little pop-up photography booth at Charlestown Square Shopping Centre. That Center. was awesome. Um, dude, here's something really cool. Big shout out to my friends at Whistle Dixie. We had a guest on, John Rourke, who's mm-hmm. in our Back to the Future Part 3 episode. Yeah. Um, and... Since then, we were already friends, but since then, I was asked to fill in to play with their band for a night, and I now play in this band with John. So not only are we collaborating on the From First to Last podcast, we've now got a collaboration between From First He's to Last. He's now whistling and Dixie. I know. So who'd have, who'd have thought I'd with be playing sweaters, in a, crunchy ba- uh, a country band, not a crunchy band. A crunchy band. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's an awesome. That sounds like a subgenre of country. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I got some crunchy where they, music. Where they talk about food. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're just uh, ballads about food. <laughs> about food, crunchy bit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. i got to say, I, I really, we touched on it a little bit before, but Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge um, and a heap of other characters in this. Oh, a heap of other characters. Um, like some amazing, amazing actors. Yeah, this has a huge cast, doesn't Which it? Which makes you go... If you were spending money on casting, some of those actors didn't need to be in there. No. If you're cutting down a budget, let's let's be honest. Gary Oldman, brilliant. Yeah. As always. Yeah. But there was no parts that made you go. I think Gary Oldman could do that. Well, <laughs> it looks. This was one of those things. <laughs> he had the biggest head. I, in the it's weird, of isn't heads. it? His weird head. I had a head like that. So I. <laughs> no, I'm just. You know, <laughs> what do you ask my brother John? I was born. I'm born pretty much with the same size head as I am now. My, I've only gotten fat and grown into it. Seriously, my brother used to tease the shite out of me. He used to always tease me about oh, having a big gosh. head. I know, and and it's true. It was my nickname around the house, Big Head. By John, try to say by John, and hats and shit like that would never fit me because I just had this whopper head, this whopper head. I remember once got told that it went out so far out the back that it looked like the alien. Oh, <laughs> the oh, that's horrible. Uh, but uh, back to the point. Yeah, I had a big head like that, dude. Man, I was heaps skinny for most of my life. Oh, yeah, man. and I know I keep referring to you know, so I married an actor, but orange on the toothpick is just. <laughs> The best way to actually explain it. I um, oh man, <laughs> oh, like, oh. seriously, big head. I think there are some moments of this film that are so gorgeous and like Zemeckis is nailing it, and then there's others that just look really odd. 
And yeah. I think um, he's one of Gary them. Oldman's character is one of them. Now I don't know. See, because I don't know enough about a Christmas Carol as a traditional thing. I'm not sure if his characters are following artwork. Say with Lord of the Rings, they follow the uh, Alan, Alan Lee. Lee's mm. artwork as a guide. I don't know whether there's an A Christmas Carol book that everyone's like, he's got to look like that. Yeah, he's 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 renowned for his big head. You know what I mean? That's and exactly right. Uh, yeah, but look, I, I don't think so. I don't think I think he could have got. It. I think the good thing about, I think the amazing thing about motion capture is you bring to it what you want to yeah, bring. To it, you yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, you could do anything within your um within your imagination. And I think the look of that character is just off. It's just off. Yeah, it is. And um, like he looks weird. And I guess you're always sometimes you're looking down at him because he's meant to be a short dude. But yeah. Yeah, just just weird. Can we go? Can we go somewhere? There's something I wanted to talk at last week's episode, but I didn't really bring it up. Go there, um, man. or maybe I didn't explain it well enough. You're, I can't you're in a safe place. Thanks, Craig. You can talk to Thanks, me. Craig. No one else is listening. Um, well, we hope not. <laughs> we hope a lot of people are downloading. Listen, we talked a little bit in the last episode at motion capture versus, say, your Pixar films, yeah. and how animation has allowed directors to become. Um, yeah. mainstream sort of live action directors. Yeah, Think exactly. of a Brad Bird. And, yeah. Um, and vice versa and how we thought Zemeckis has brought um, a director's experience yeah. into motion capture. Yeah, totally. And I think there's a freedom that motion capture, we talked again last week about how Zemeckis had mentioned there's nothing you can write that I can't make. Yeah, in in motion capture, a million dollars a minute. Yeah, that was an um, awesome quote. That's <laughs> like still blows my um, mind. And but I just in my mind, I think I was watching a Christmas Carol, and again, you've got this freedom in the camera that can go anywhere and have all these angles and perspectives that are that are all over the place that you couldn't yep. do. But I just wonder if you should. You know, like, yeah. yeah, there's that quote, you know, they spent so much time thinking of if they could. They never thought about if they should. Is that a movie quote? I think it's a Jurassic Park quote. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, um, Because I was just picturing um, the, you know, the I think it's of, uh, Jeff, of Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. I yeah. think they should. <laughs> um, but, like, and I think it may apply to motion, these motion capture films. If we think about the three together, there's such a freedom that the camera allows but what you're doing is you actually, and again, I talked about it last week, how there were moments in Beowulf where the, the camera angle and the perspectives were just that little bit off that it drew me out of the film. That it, that it actually confused you. Yeah. And so then I got thinking about, well, why is it the Pixar's so good when they have the same freedom? Yeah. And it's because Pixar approach, the way they set a shot, the exact way you do it if it was a live action film. They're just using characters in their own format. Yeah, true, So true. if you think of The Incredibles, there's not these scenes that are flying above and under and around no. and sweeping all over the place. They traditionally follow as if they've got a camera following movement around. Yeah, exactly. And I think they... I think they build the limitations of their world yes. a lot more clearly. Yes. And, and so when we think about films like Up... And yeah. Incredibles and all these films that could have just gone over the top, they show such restraint in order to keep it within traditional filmmaking standards. Yeah. I actually think 
that where the motion capture scenes uh, years of Zemeckis's career are, that it lets it down. Yeah, there are some sometimes where he overplays his hand big time. Yeah, and so I think um, a Christmas Carol could have been the one where he kept it traditional, made it just like a traditionally shot and framed film. Yeah, and it would have been so powerful. Yeah, and true. the scenes that are huge and great, like the Jacob Marley um, ghost coming through the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, those scenes are because they're framed like a traditional shot. So give me an example of one that you think's overplayed. Well, we, let's use Beowulf again as a, yeah. an example. The The shots where he's fighting Grendel and he's swinging, oh, he's swinging all over down, the yeah. chandeliers and stuff and it's going above him and going under him and around and sweeping around. Even when Grendel's fighting, picking up people and he's throwing them around and stuff like that. It's almost like not as impacting because you're like, whoa, I'm sweeping around. I'm you feel going. like you're on a ride. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right. And if it was framed properly and he continued using that awesome flicker of the fire oh, yeah. to, to, to do those things, it'd be great. So you would say, let's go back to Christmas Cow. Yeah. Would, would you say the scene where the actual room becomes like a spaceship? Yeah. And it actually flies over stuff. Because it took me a while to actually get what was happening. Yeah. It's because like, suddenly what the is room going on there? stretched and then flew up. Yep. And I'm like, like once it once it started going, yeah. and he was standing there and staring at and watching yeah, yeah, the yeah. stuff, you got more into the content of the yep. film. But the style around that little bit where they're flying it, yeah, it did throw me off a little bit. I'm going, oh, oh the room's moving across the... Yeah, yeah. it's like, again, you can... But does that mean you, you should? should? Exactly. And, exactly. And I just think the too much freedom in any sense is not great. Well, I think it's um, you alienate an audience that yes. are not used to it. Yes. And that's one of the things you need to be careful of. But obviously, you don't make it. Um, Stephen King said it. So you shouldn't write for the. You shouldn't write for your audience. You should yep. write for yourself. But. But I guess when you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars of budget, you need to take, especially a, a Christmas Carol, a film that could be accepted by so many yeah. families. Um, yeah, so I'd agree with you. I'd, you need to take into account that kids are going to be watching it. Yeah. Parents will be watching it. Yeah. And whilst it may seem clean to your eye because you're used to this wildness, yeah, it's not going to um, appreciate with everyone. I'm trying to think of a movie. There was a movie that not long ago had the same, and it didn't seem like they were just playing. They weren't playing to the audience. They were just in their own little world, and it just threw me off. But there's a whole bunch of movies like that. I guess yeah. you could say Gaspar knows some of these movies are like that. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, I just wish that there was a bit more restraint shown because I honestly think A Christmas Carol could have been Zemeckis' best motion capture film. Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Oh, actually, here's a movie. Um, The Fountain. Yes. The Fountain. Now, I love that film. Yeah. But you can see why so many people are alienated by it. You know what I mean? It's It's conceptually odd. Yeah. Yeah. But... It goes that little bit beyond surreal. Exactly. That and people are... Whoa. And people don't like leaving a theatre feeling ambiguous. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. They just and um, my brother's a perfect. My brother Frank's a perfect example of it. Usually, if it has a really bad ending, he won't like the film. My wife's the same. She wants happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he just wants a set ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's basically yeah. So and I think that's part of it here. There, there's um, there's just some scenes that throw off the audience. Yeah. Speaking of throwing you off a little bit, mm. were you put off by the candle head ghost? Yes. He freaked me out. Didn't he just look like a guy who should, like should be offering candy from a van? Oh, <laughs> just, it was hello. Oh goodness. <laughs> it was so weird. It hey. was weird, man. That see, that's a perfect example of um, just production design out of whack. Man. Oh man, it's like I don't even know where to go with it. Oh, it's I just, don't know where to go. Like, it's the creepy. Face of it is just weird. The face of the character. Who is it? Do you know? Jim Carrey. That's Jim Carrey doing yeah. that. Oh man, that's Jim Carrey taking the piss, man. Yeah. That's just because that creature like, is just freaky. He's putting on a, a freaky face during it all, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so they're little moments that it's just like, oh, mm. come on, show some. Like there's some parts of that character which were awesome, you know, yeah. like if you just when he's just going down a street and he's basically, and um, and he's just he's in his little costume and stuff. Yeah, like that. But, yeah. But most of it, yeah, we're just it. It almost seemed. And I guess this maybe has to do with the same with Gary Oldman's character. They might have been playing to the 3D portion of it. Yeah. So by having these um, exaggerated oval characters. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you think yes. about them through uh, 3D eyes, they yep. would come out a lot more. Sort of like if you think about one of the things we talked about after watching Avatar, because we saw it in 3D, Yeah, was the fact there's those scenes where people are looking at computer screens that have a 3D image on it, and you realised you were like almost seeing a 3D image within a 3D image. Yeah. And I wonder, especially Candlehead. <laughs> Candlehead, um, I love it. Like Candlehead Carrie, if mm. um, if that was sort of like 3D within 3D mm. in that sense, which it in does. a 2D perspective looked so weird. I know, exactly. And that's what I think too. I think... Um, if I were to see these characters in 3D, it would add a more rounded effect. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, it would add a more depth to it because yes. obviously if you've seen... But if you're looking at it now through our 2D eyes, they just look like balloons. I feel like... Can we just have a little on-air board meeting quickly, Craig? Board meeting and it up. I think I did purchase The Walk in 3D, oh. which is two films away. Yep. And I, the reason I did was because I knew that Zemeckis filmed it in true 3D to be seen in 3D. Oh. He really wanted it to be seen in 3D. And I bought him Blu-ray. So, so do you reckon we could watch that one together and we'll watch it here on in 3D? Sounds like a date. And then that way uh, we can at least be seeing it. Because I think now I'm having a bit of viewer's remorse because <laughs> I have a 3D <laughs> copy of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. And there's part of me that wishes I watched it in 3D because those things may have been... Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize Perfect it until in that right sense. now. Exactly. Until right now, until we were talking about it. Yeah. Mm. So let's let's watch the walk in 3D. That way we're actually seeing yeah, it on as the Zemeckis intended. Oh, damn it. That means I didn't have to buy it. <laughs> no, no. You should be buying it. And people at home, like in honesty, people should be buying their films that they're loving. Because if you're loving Robert Zemeckis... 
Go out. The ones you love, go out and buy it. John, I'm glad you bought Forrest Gump again, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's getting big into films again. Yeah. And I have, I've said it a few times on the, on the podcast, but I love the fact that people are hitting us up saying, oh, man, I just went out and watched this movie. Yeah. Or, the or, amount or, of people. Gone, can you do this, director? Like, um, uh, I got an awesome request yesterday. Oh, can you, can you do John Alvidson? Tell me more. And he's, I'm like, really? I go, I, obviously I know the name. And he's going, man, he's the one who did Rocky and he done, um, he done the Karate Kid films. And wow. I'm like, oh my God, I came back for Rocky Five, and he's done a whole bunch of, like, oh, he's done a heap more films. I was like, wow, man, that sounds awesome. Wow. I do. I do. To our listeners out there, thank you so much for all the recommendations that well, you're sending he through. He found it because he was like, I wonder what they're going to do the next season and started looking up directors that, had done all these movies that he didn't actually know much of that. That oh, not many people I knew about. I know he's that's even better. I was like, wow, man, that's I love awesome. This. Julius, I love thanks, it. man. Oh, thanks, Julius. Um, that was that's so cool. No, no, I love that, cool. Craig. That and cool. you know what, Craig and I regularly talk about how cool it is. People are sending things through. Like, keep sending through the toys. <laughs> <laughs> actually, and I did get given a Christmas Yoda this weekend. Um, That's awesome Christmas from my From my cousin in Tari. We made a joke once about all two people who listen in Tari. <laughs> uh, well, I had uh, lunch with one of them. <laughs> so thanks, Nina. Much appreciated for my Christmas Yoda. Giddy up. Um, so, Craig... Let's just talk a bit about... We've talked about the sort of... The things we didn't enjoy as much about. Yeah, exactly. But let's talk about Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge because he is so so good in it, isn't he? He is so good in it. It was so good in it, I would have loved to see him in prosthetics. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see him um, do do it in live action because he was just... it, it To me, because Carrey... Is such a physical actor. Yes. To see him physically do it all, like I think he could have done it almost shot for shot. You almost want to see like a second screen yeah. while you're watching it of him acting it out. Oh, and I think he would have been so brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah just so brilliant to watch him film it. I think Zemeckis would have gone, yeah, what a good choice I did. Oh, I think for Ebenezer Scrooge especially, great choice. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. um, and there's all these. There's these wonderful little moments that are like you can tell it's Jim Carrey having a little play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the moment where he goes to his room and he's locking the door, and so he lock, 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 <laughs> and he gets to the bottom one and he sort of goes to check the handle, and then he pauses. And he's like, check it again. <laughs> you know that little thing that <laughs> yeah. just that just little beat. Carryisms does yeah. you see yeah filtered through the film. Yeah, there's a heap of those, man. And I so love So good. It. I wrote one down that was really cool. Um when Scrooge wakes up and you know when he wakes up from his dream? Yeah. And realizes that he's alive. He, he didn't die. Um, he gets up and does a little dance. Yeah. He does that little jig. It's actually the exact same dance that he did as the Grinch. Oh, really? Yeah. And he actually makes, um, he does a laugh with it. And he goes, and he actually says a quote which references the Grinch. And he goes, oh, I've heard that laugh before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's purely because he does the Grinch one and it's to say, oh, I've done that before awesome. in a movie. So cool little thing. But Jim Carrey's so good. I know. 
It is. He was. He was so good. Can I ask a little interesting thing? With that room that Scrooge sleeps in, mm-hmm. like his bedroom, mm-hmm. there's that moment when Jacob Marley's ghost comes and the bells are going ding ding yeah. to sort of freak him out. It got me thinking, those bells are inside Scrooge's room. Yes. Which is literally a bed, a fireplace, and an armchair mm-hmm. in his room. If the bells are ringing within his room, does that mean in his massive house, he's sleeping in the servant quarters? Because the only reasons for the bells to be in that room would be so that the, that the servant so would get woken it. up mm. to go to all the massive rooms within the house. Hmm. To yeah, get that the makes, yeah, no, that makes a point. It's a very OCD of you to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the it's details, very Jeff, It's very Jeff. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, or am I just being for um, effect? <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. I can't really give you an honest answer on that, Jeff. I think I it's psychiatrist, mate. I was hoping we were going somewhere with this, Craig. But I thought... <laughs> I'm going to see your point. I do see your here's point. Here's where I was going with it. It's like, well, he's such a tightwad. Yeah. That he would do anything to save money. And if you were staying upstairs, it means you would have to heat a kitchen, a lounge room, yeah. all these places uh, within a house. But he doesn't want to do that. He... He keeps coal locked in a box <laughs> in their <laughs> office. <laughs> it's so horrible. It is. No, man, and the dude's a horrible character. And a horrible so character. It would make sense if he was trying to be the thriftiest person in the world. And we did work with someone who was very much along these lines <laughs> in body and mind. Wow, heaps like body, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> we used to get told they would buy an entire block of chocolate and eat one square a day to make it last oh, over a month. Yeah. Um, But he would stay in the servant quarters. Yeah. Because within there, there would be a kitchen, a fireplace, yeah. a bed. Everything he needed would be within that one thing. And makes sense. But he's on the second floor, though. He is. He's he's already on the second floor, which would again make sense if it was a smaller house because kitchen would be but the is, bottom but floor. Is the fireplace in the same room as his bedroom? Yes. You sure? Because there's the bed, the the chair. Because he sits on the bed, makes sense. Looking yeah. over at one point where the chair is, and at the foot of the bed is the fireplace. Ah. Ah. So, yeah, it really gives a bit more of an insight. The second floor doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because he's second floor. Yeah. Hey, John, what day is this? Yeah, because he's yelling out from the second floor. Yeah, yeah. But it makes sense from a tight ward perspective. Oh, yeah, exactly. That he yeah. would confine himself to, like, the servants' quarters. And once again, going back to Bobby Zemeckis, you know that detail is highly plausible. Oh, you know what I mean? 100%. He, just, he, he would put that, he's details across the board. 100%. Can I say, there were the the story of Scrooge's journey through his youth to love, to yeah. loss, beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It was so well written, so visually beautiful. Oh, I, I thought it was great. And then there's that, um, and then there's that crossover where he's sort of youngish, and he looks like he's Lemony Snicket character. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But totally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's just like he's, but more like the Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, hundred percent. He looked like Lemony Snicket. Um, but yeah, and it was it was good to see that. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. And it's good to see that. You know how he just 
turned into this person. Yeah, not over overnight. time. Yeah, exactly. Not over overnight, time. Over time. And it made me think again about the house. Like I kept thinking, why on earth would Scrooge have such a big house? Yeah. Why would he have one? Because if he's going to confine himself to a servant's quarters, it makes no sense that he would have a massive house. Yeah, exactly. And then live there, unless he inherited the house. I would think, yeah, yeah, that's highly plausible as well. Once again, I think it's... I'm Jeff, thinking Jeff way OCD. too deep. <laughs> I'm, just, like a, I'm sort of freaking out here. I'm moving my chair back a little bit. <laughs> just going, yeah. As, a, as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, like oh, oh, gosh. gosh. Why is Craig looking like what that? Have, what, have I, what have I become? This is where I go, whoa. <laughs> you know, there are just some doors that we shouldn't leave open to people, Jeff. Okay, this is your Zemeckis moment where you... You've got to think about the audience. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ready for that to yet. To all the people Maybe out season there. two. Sorry. Season I'm two sorry. will be more ready I'm for sorry. it. You can open it up a little bit more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just let's not go wild just yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. To everyone at home, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am ashamed. Um, it's Christmas. I'm. He's uh, in Christmas mode, yeah. He's, he's well, just talking with Can him. I tell you something I did love, Craig? I loved the way that um, Zemeckis showed the passing of time through the quick aging of something. Oh, yeah. So when it's on the Scrooge and Marley sign and then it yeah, sort of ages. Age. And then the thing falls. Oh, so good. You can see it's a master with his tools. Yes. Even though sometimes he goes out of the, you know, goes off from being mainstream. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, But... Still very much a master. He he is, isn't he? Like um the moments of brilliance are head and shoulders above brilliance you get with most directors. Yeah, well isn't? let's talk about let's talk about Father yeah. Christmas when he first walks in and meets him. Yes. And he's just laughing, he's got a full red beard. Yes. You know, he's basically and he's sitting on top of the Christmas tree and he's yep. just this. The happiest dude on earth. Yeah, joy personified. Yeah, exactly. And you just want to hang around the guy. He's yep. loud. He's boastful. You just ah, oh, this is awesome. Kid, did you think that he sounded like one of the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he's got he's got a thick Liverpudlian sort of. He does too, doesn't accent. he? Accent. And it was like in my mind when I was watching it, I was like. I wonder if Zemeckis was tapping Jim Carrey to be one of the the Beatles. I reckon that's actually a very good that's a very good um, runoff on that one because he'd be good. Yeah, because he had that really thick, be perfect. Yeah, that really thick sort of deep. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, no, would, yeah. I love that character. So, but yeah, the Father Christmas. I think the Father Christmas scene is one of the highlights of the. I, of it's the my film. favorite part of the film. Yeah. Definitely my favorite part of the film. And just the even the the vibrancy of the colours within that. Like, yeah, exactly. it's just beautiful, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And then and then obviously you you're actually and he was the one character that I actually like of the um past, present and future ghosts that I actually missed him leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt emotionally yeah. attached to him, you know, yep. like when he was dying and he's still laughing and he's going grey yeah. and shit. And, you know, those two freaky-ass creatures running out. Oh, yeah. I was just like, man, you know, oh, I don't want this dude to leave. He's no, so happy. And he's, he's like, so Whoa. He's like, oh, my God. 
Yeah. Uh, me and my brothers. And yeah, and that's really cool. That builds that little bit of mythology where you're just like, oh, he's brothers. Yeah. He starts talking about how many there are and all that stuff. That's awesome. Seriously, I love that scene so much. And it was pretty... Um, after the Jacob Marley one... Mm. See, again, the Jacob Marley one was a pretty good scene. That was a it? pretty good scene. Um, Especially how he moved around these bricks and yeah. everything like that. You know, just to take a seat and everything like that. Yeah, it was, and it was well thought. The colour palette was great in that too. Yeah, the, it was cool. The sort of aqua green yeah, sort exactly. of was spooky. The moment where he sticks his head out the window and there's all the ghosts yeah. everywhere through the city. Oh, man. And they're trying to give money to that poor girl. Yeah. Graf- yeah. The stuff they never did in life. I know, that's freaky. Yeah, yeah. and it's one of those things. We've talked again in his past films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where you could actually go back and watch all the things going on in the background three or four times and see something new. And I think that scene was another one of those moments where there's so much going on in there. I wanted to pause it and have a look. And I wanted to even see if there was any cheeky references. Oh, a little... You think there could have been a sneaky Easter egg in there? Yeah, it could have been a sneaky Easter egg or it could have looked like some other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it looked like Jeffrey Katzenberg there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think there there are some really great moments in there. Again, I love the moment where the kids... um, you know, where Gary Oldman's character's finally got out of work on Christmas Eve. Yeah. He's so stoked to be going home. He does the big slide down the um, down the hill where they're sort of fake ice skating. You yeah. know, all the kids are having fun. Those moments are just joyful. Yeah, and, exactly. And I love them. Exactly. And he comes home and he's like, where's my daughter? And she goes, I'm here. Yeah, the, she surprises him. You can tell there's a tight-knit family without totally. it having going too in-depth once again. And there's something, um, there's a really heartbreaking moment with Colin Firth's character, you know, where, and it it shows his character, like his character's character, um, really well in the fact that at first he's making fun of Scrooge, talking about who am I, what am I, and they're, they're, they're calling out names of animals and things (laughs) like that to try and guess him. And then in the end... He sticks up for Scrooge in that yeah. moment. You know, like, he's not that bad. You know, while people are talking about how horrible he is. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's just basically saying, let's wish to his health anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. And that, oh, I love that bit. And I love, Col- you know, well, it's Colin Firth. Yeah, yeah and look, um, this is probably a really cool segue into what I was going to ask in there. When you think about Christmas movies, so this is a this is a definite Christmas movie. Definitely. And, look, we don't need to do the whole is Die Hard a Christmas movie, all that sort of garbage. That's not, that's I'll watch on. it any other time. Um, but, like, when you think about great Christmas movies, mm-hmm. what are movies that jump in your mind as great Christmas movies? Miracle on 34th Street, the original. Wow, um, I've never seen it. I, I I still, I just, I remember the final scenes where you see um, um, Santa's... Santa's cane and his hat sitting on there next to the Christmas tree. And you go, wow, he really was Santa. Because um, it's all about proving you know, that yeah. Santa's alive. Um, now, really, as yeah. thanks to Robert Zemeckis, Polar Express. Polar Express. It, it's big a on, big on my train film, now. Yeah, it? exactly. Loved it. And I don't know, I'll be watching it. Yeah. So many Christmases. Yeah, I think our family will end up with Polar Express being a regular. Mm. Elf is quite. Elf, yeah, definitely. Quite Elf high. is big up there now. Um, we are actually one that I watched the other Rudolph day. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, you love the claymation oh, one, don't it, you? I love it. 
Yeah. I'm independent. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I but, remember, but I'm talking the old school one where yeah, they actually yeah. ripped the teeth out of the Bigfoot. <laughs> you looked. There was one year where you looked for that on DVD for each of your brothers. And I did. I bought all you three, got mate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. that. It had the little drummer boy on it, which yes. is the version as well. Um, yeah. Brilliant collection. So good. We watched... Um, the and Rudolph the Red yeah. We watched uh, The Holiday. Holiday. I love that movie. And it is, every time I watch it, it gets better than the last time I watched it. Yeah. It's such a good film, man. It's like, it's fast becoming one of my favorite Christmas movies. It is a top film, man. Jack Black, man, you'd never think he was a... Um, so charming. Yeah, exactly. And, he go, and and of course you'd love it. He loves him, he loves hearing the music. Yeah, he he's... <laughs> my wife kept saying he is totally you. Yeah, he is, he is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I just love it. And we watched, and this is Colin Firth, we watched Love Actually on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, true, Love Actually. Um, And it's when my social media for... Christmas Eve and Christmas Day was pretty much photos of people watching Elf, Home Alone, and Love Oh, Actually. Home Alone, yes, definitely Home Alone. God. <laughs> Especially in the Killian household, man, that's good. They love it. Hey. Dude, oh, hey. well. Then they've just released that new awesome ad with Google. Oh, yes. How fun was <laughs> that it? That is funny. Awesome. You can love tell it. people are starting to get you when... Yeah. I got tagged for a week after that on social media <laughs> to watch that by all these random people. I'm like, oh, people get me. I love it. <laughs> but awesome. Colin Firth, um, again, he probably didn't need to be in A Christmas Carol. No. no. Plenty of people could have been his character. Exactly. Once with again. the same effect. Yep. But there's something about his voice. Yeah, true. That, that you just... He just oh, strikes me as such a nice guy. He does, doesn't he? Just such a nice guy. That's why I'd love to see him as a villain. If, if there's a movie out there that he's already been, I'd love to see it. Have you seen the second um, Kingsman film? Yeah. Golden Circle? Yeah. So there's those moments where you wonder, oh, is he Yeah, is he I know, a exactly. But, like, but he still comes across as nice. Yeah. It's Even some... when he's killing everyone in the, um, in the first one in the yeah. church. He's killing people <laughs> in a church, innocent people in a church. And that is a bonkers good scene, oh, isn't amazing it? Scene. Oh, amazing scene. Amazing Matthew Vaughn can really... Oh. He can shoot a few. That was a request I got the other day of Matthew Really? Vaughan. Yeah, man. Oh, well, I'll back that Vaughan. one up. Matthew Vaughan, hey, I'd love to do Matthew Vaughan. Hanging to see Matthew Vaughan. You know I love the old Matthew Oh, Vaughan. I love Matthew Vaughan, man. Yeah. I think he's damn good. I, we'll I, put it on the short list for, for volume two, hey, Craig. Exactly. But the thing with Matthew Vaughan, I'd love to see, I'd love to just watch the films he's written as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's he's been a part of a few, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Just his um, collaboration with obviously um, Jane Goldman. Yeah, love to watch it. Love to watch it. Yeah, um, it's funny. Uh, watching Love Actually the other day, we got thinking about Richard Curtis. Yeah, who love Richard Curtis. He's man. a great writer. Working title, man. Yeah, they do some. Now, if you're looking for a move, movies that have heart. Yep. Working title, look no for all their movies. Even Wimbledon, yeah, has heart, yeah, and just full of heart. And Richard Curtis, after about time, which is a gut wrenching, breaks movie. my heart, man. You oh. know, that just that destroys me. That movie, I can't watch it too often. Yeah, same. I, I, I just said, I literally in tears. Um, every time I watch it, I cry. Yeah. But he hasn't made a film since. Oh wow! And uh, the rumor is that he's hung up his directing boots so Ooh. to speak and he's just writing so he's Aww. just writing films so yeah I'm gonna have to call him 
Yeah, give him a call, Craig, because I'd love him to come back. I'll text him. Richard, come back. Richard, come back. We can blame it all on you. Sorry, John, you've been replaced. And JK. Um... We want you to come here in the first place. We want you, you back. Can't come back. JK. We want you back, JK. Yeah, JK. I want you on the podcast. I want you sitting next. We to do want him on I the want podcast. Him, I want him sitting here or on my lap. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, JK. You're loved, and you and you will be loved. Yeah, you, you are still loved, JK. <laughs> we come back. Be loved. <laughs> I'm hoping people track him down and start pleading to yeah. him to Spooning come. Spooning Australia guys <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> get on there and say, hey, get it. Get back to FFTL podcast, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they need you. Tell him he needs he needs to be pushed into things, guys. Just like Delta Goodrum, I'm lost without you, JK. Yeah, we are lost without you. <laughs> so, Craig, in the end, what? How do you feel about the film after watching it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, yep. man. And there's some magical scenes, and and I want my son to watch it. Uh, maybe yeah. not this year. It's a bit uh, dark, but, isn't it? Yeah, but I want my son to watch it because I, I like the idea of the Christmas Carol. I think it's really good, and I, and I think, but it's funny. I've never read the actual novella, but I think this is true. This yeah. should be the truest version of it. It's, it doesn't seem like it's been um, fluffed over. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Hasn't been almost. Um, well, it didn't get Disneyfied, did it? No, it didn't. It didn't. Which it's, is it's interesting. Dark for a Disney film, <laughs> yeah. man. You know what I mean? It's dark for a Disney film. Yeah, I think I. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't not like it. Yeah, I'm sort of on the same Beowulf fence. Yeah, it's it's an odd thing. It's and and I know we're both looking at the um, the listings here. We're looking right at the ranking board, thinking, "Oh gosh!" But it's hard. It's hard. we're at a hard time, aren't it's we? It's a very hard time, and it's hard within the scheme of his films, yeah. man. Yeah, to list this film, and yeah. and you f- you have a feeling that oh, I'm 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 coming across as I didn't like it because I'm putting it down here or whatever. Yeah, no, it's not. Just yeah, he's just got such a great body of work, doesn't man, he? The dude is just talented. I think um, something I really like about a Christmas Carol, and I'm on the same boat. I think when she gets older, Evie, I'll watch it with her. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what's really important in it is that there are a lot of good lessons to be learnt in it. Yeah, there is heaps um, of good lessons. You know, lessons. it's heaps a tale of, of of greed, and the way that g- greed can twist and distort. A person. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so what's great in it is it's a film that allows conversation to happen with kids about a time of year that can be very greed-driven. Oh, it, it is. And it's very greed-driven. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where um, I was reading someone, someone wrote, comparison takes the joy out of life. Yes. And it's so true. And especially around Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how many arguments and so on and so forth do you hear and talk about where basically, oh, but if I buy him this, will this look cheap or this yeah. person will buy me this? Will yeah. this? And you just go, that's that's not the point of Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then coming back to this where obviously um, Scrooge is just, well, he's Scrooge. Yeah. You know, there's no Christmas, there's no Christmas joy at all. Yeah. And it's, it's I think it's, there's a lot people could learn from it. Big time. I know, exactly. Big time. And they need to get back to the idea of what Christmas is to kids, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, we there was a comment made oh, about my son. Oh, I think he got more presents last year. Who cares? You know what I mean? Who cares? Yeah. He's just enjoy it. Yeah. And it's it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, we, we, we 
probably did the same thing you and Brooke do, which is, did we get too many presents? Oh, like, yeah. Did, did we, we get, get too, too many? many? Did we which not is, get enough? Did we get any, like, no. We just, we just see things and we think, oh, man, she'd love that. Yeah, you same, know? same. Um, but out of everything that she got, whether they were big presents or little ones, all she carried around for the whole day is one of those tiny little fingerlings. Oh, oh those tiny little fingerlings. And so, like, you know, um, <coughs> oh, man, that, yeah, that I noise. I all night. I have to turn it off on cars. Yeah. Like, oh, I can Aren't they funny, those kids' toys these days that are like, they make noise based on movements. Yeah. Or random sporadic noises. We have one of those dogs that will randomly go make the, <laughs> and then like a little, <laughs> you know, those sort of things going on. And in the middle of the night, when you hear that go off at two in the morning, they're freaky as heck. I have the same. I have a freaking Hulk character. Oh, gosh. That After you press it, and it goes, and then it stops. And then about 30 seconds after it, it finishes it off with, I'm the Hulk. And you hear it in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what is this going on? Who's the Hulk? What's going on? I'm getting robbed by Bruce Banner here. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's, it's all Christmas. because Carter's laying on, laying with the toy and like, cuddling it. Totally oblivious. Oblivious, yeah. They can sleep Evie's right the same. It. Sleep blows me. Evie's <laughs> the same. She sleeps right through it. We're getting woken up by I know. It's <laughs> the worst. Well, Craig, I guess I didn't, yeah. It's time to talk about where this ranks because... You know, we are, this is the 15th film. It's um, it's crazy. We're actually, we're really close to the end of this, Craig, because we've only got four more films to discuss in Robert Zemeckis' filmography. Man, I don't know. But we have, yeah, it's a big call to see out of the 15 films we've watched where A Christmas Carol sort of sits. And remembering... Uh, we do have a wild card we could use, which got I'm, it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> okay, Craig's got it. Where where are you popping yours? I am pushing it down. Yep, to twelve. Twelve. Okay, so that's just under at number ten. Craig's got the Polar Express. Eleven. What lies beneath? Now a Christmas Carol at twelve, followed by Used Cars. I want to hold your hand and Death Becomes Her at number fifteen. Giddy up. Cool, cool. Um. Look, I'm pretty. Do you know what? I'm really, really close to what you're saying. <laughs> we always are. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to put it at 11 above Ooh. Beowulf. Above Beowulf. I know. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. <laughs> sorry, John. Um, <laughs> but uh, my reasoning is I think, um, I think the technology. Um, and the way it all comes together is probably motion capture at the top of its game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Technically, I would think um, it, in the motion capture world, I think it's a well above Beowulf. And I just think, again, I talked about it last week, Beowulf just feels a little gratuitous at times, <laughs> um, which I don't enjoy. Like, I just don't. And so I think, you know, I've got Romance in the Stone at 10, We'll have um, A Christmas Carol at 11, Beowulf at 12, followed by I Want to Hold Your Hand, Death Becomes Her, and Used Cars. Yeah. Um, again, I have to stress to everybody that even Used Cars at number 15, I love it. I know. 
Remind me, I've still got used cars in the car. You're doing. Oh, you're cool! Doing. I'll get it after this. Awesome! That'll be great because I keep refusing. I keep forgetting to give it back to you. <laughs> um, I'd I'd love to get that. So look, it's it's one of those things. They're they're not bad films. They're not. They're not all. They're they're, they're awesome films. Yeah, they're awesome films. <laughs> all of them are really and, uh, great just, films. And I just can't I can't get over how much I've enjoyed every one of these films, even the ones that I come across as disliking. Yeah. I enjoyed the process. Hundred percent, Craig. It's it's crazy town, isn't and it? And that was one of the funny references for my brother who's watching this. He said. You know what? I like I like listening to podcasts where you don't enjoy the film <laughs> more than when you do. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. it's interesting about A Christmas Carol because like, when I write my notes, I usually have quite a lot of notes. Yeah. But this is probably, again, the shortest film that Zemeckis has done. I, I Which could have been shorter. Say, it could have been shorter as well. That whole chase sequence where he turned small. Yeah, that see, sort of just bored the crap out of me. That yeah. was like that was like gratuitous three D play. Yeah, out, why? You know I mean? It was a why. why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so like, I was concerned this episode we would have an hour long episode, <laughs> and just sort of be like, <laughs> eh. we never do. We're full of too much shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true, Craig. <laughs> It's a very, very true. We've never had a small conversation in our lives. That's why we always. That's why we never call each other. That's why we're always on text messages because <laughs> we'll ruin our the, schedule <laughs> if we call each other. <laughs> you know this to be true. Text messages uh, keeps us simple. <laughs> this is this is this is very true. Well, listen, Craig. Where can people find us? Um, we drop an episode every Monday. Mm-hmm. You can find it Apple Podcast. Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher. Yep, all the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, and, or you can go on Facebook. We're yes. On FFTL Podcast. Yes. Um, or you can get us on Instagram yep. and Twitter. Our handle is at FFTL Podcast. Yeah, that's our Ooh. that's our social media handle for everything. Giddy up. The website's also there. It's FFTLpodcast.com. Uh, there you can find episodes. Yep. Uh, you can also find weekly, every Thursday, we're dropping articles relating to the films. Except for where Craig loses one. Except for where Craig loses one. We've actually been terrible over the Christmas period. We haven't put anything up for a, a week or two. Sorry, guys. But it's Christmas and we're just lazy. I'm just so full of meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a to you vegans out there, I'm so sorry, but man, I'm just full of... To you vegans out there, please don't of, take me to Pomona Beach. A lot of dead animals digesting in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> We've eaten so much yeah, ham in, in this my house. belly. It's crazy town. Um, so yeah, look it up there. Please uh, email us. We love hearing from you. Please email us. Get on the and comment. Yeah, we, we love the interaction with you guys. And subscribe. You know, yep. it's going to drop us indie ears as soon as our episode's out there. It was really funny. We were at a Christmas dinner the other night, and I saw someone's phone light up next to me, and it was like, you have a new episode. Yeah, I know. FFTL podcast. John said that as he was leaving. I know when you dropped it, because John was leaving our house. Yeah. And as he, as he dropped it, he said, They've dropped a new podcast. We <laughs> can watch this on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So well, it's weird. I'm like, oh, John, I'm right next to you, man. <laughs> like, I actually, I was being dodgy. I said, when we were driving up to my mum's place, which is another two hours away from where we are now. And I said, look, if you want, I can play you a raw version of um the of the Beowulf episode. I said, I've got it here if you want. He goes, no. Are you crazy? No. 
I'll wait till when it's in order because <laughs> I want to see it edited. I want the music at the start because oh, it's stupid. I'm like, so all right, all right, all right. Sorry, I just I was just trying to be nice, you know. Hey, he's a little brother VIP stuff. You're like, no, I don't want that. I want it in proper order. I'm like, okay, done. You're on your own. So good. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And guys, listen, we love hearing that stuff from you. Um, it actually means the world to us to hear oh, how much people I, are loving I, it. I, I, I know we keep saying this every episode, but man, seriously, I feel so humbled and yeah. I'm so excited by it. Yeah. I love when people are it just, I love hearing the love that people have from films. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Even if you can't agree with anything I'm saying, you can't deny that we love films just as much as you do. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. You know what I mean? Totally. And we're all just, and that's what I love. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, it just pumps I me up, man. I, know. I love it. Craig. I love it because I've, like my brother John, like everyone, I've been getting into films so much uh, more again. You know what I mean? Uh, like I watched Split. I'm not sure I'm on yeah. Split. Yeah, man. I watched Damn good. Oh, man. Didn't Split have to be part great. of a universe, man. It nah. was just a damn scary film. Yep. But I'm just watching these films and I'm loving them. I'm loving it all again. I love it's, them. it's such a. I was saying to my dad last night, like. This year in 2018, um, I did a filmmaking course, um, which was a gift from a friend, a wonderful gift from a friend. Awesome um, gift. But I've been thinking about it, and literally, if there was like a required reading that accompanied this podcast, and then you just worked your way each week through Zemeckis's films and break it down, like, you know, we went on that tangent today where I thought about. I've been thinking for a week about why Ebenezer Scrooge was in the Serpent Quarters, <laughs> right? But it shows that, like, from a screenwriting perspective yeah. or a storytelling perspective, that sometimes you have to go to those places oh, in order to get where a character's coming from. Definitely, definitely. And you, like we are saying, with Zemeckis, you know that it's everything, and this is what people don't get, is everything you see on screen is deliberate. Yes. There's, the, everything There's no accident. Exactly. The lighting. If you think an actress or an actress actor looks ugly in that scene, yep. that's because the director wanted you to yes. make them think that way. Yes. Because everything, everything is built, especially motion capture, man. Yep. There's no boom, boom. Boom, freaking microphone coming down. Yeah. There's no boom. Like, everything is deliberate. 100%. And that's the reason, yeah. No. So, like, you know, this is like, for me, it's been like film school. Oh, seriously. I feel like I'm being schooled in everything. It's it's just so good. I love it, Craig. Mm. And so we love that you're on this journey with us. We hope you're getting schooled in that wonderful way too. Tell your friends if you like it. If if you don't like it, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just so grateful you're along with the journey yeah, thanks, with guys. us. Because uh, at this stage, fifteen uh, films in, seventeen episodes in. Uh, the fact that we have more than 10 people listening to it yeah, it's just like makes it's us realise that our family is not the only people and liking And let's this. be honest, close to 30 hours of us talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Still listen, I uh, love you so much. I reckon it's 80% manure. <laughs> um, <laughs> gold, man. Yeah, gold. With, with the occasional uh, moments of Suzanne Boyle gold. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, guys, um, special friends. Yeah. Let's not forget where you go. <laughs> special <to>. dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we 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 are. We're so grateful. So, next week, tune in with us. We're looking at the uh, Denzel Washington um, 
drug fueled epic. That's the ham talking. Yeah, the last time we had these issues, it was pepperoni. So we're finding out that uh, pork products are a problem for Jeff. <laughs> but next week, we're tackling flight. Yep, uh, Denzel Washington, the the um, the amazing sort of addiction yeah. film that is about a pilot who struggles through an alcohol addiction, but one of the scariest plane crashes yeah. you ever see on film. That's what I memory of it. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it either, Craig. I just so. remember just seeing the chaos, man. And <gasps> like we mentioned before, like Craig, we literally have. Um, Excluding Welcome to Marwan, mm. we've got three films, including Flight Left. Good lord! So we're really we're on the tail end of the Zemeckis journey, yeah, and it's been a long journey, admittedly. And That's a long journey. Um, we should probably just throw out a little tidbit that came out in the press this week, which is uh, Robert Zemeckis has become begun casting. So while he does promotional um, things for Marwan. Um, you know he's always working on ten different projects. Yep, he's casting at the moment his version of the witches. He's making Roald Dahl's The Witches. Wow, well, I didn't know that. Didn't you? Um, so at the moment he's got two films he's in pre-production for, Obviously. which is The King with the with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, we posted uh, that on Facebook. Him, um, Dwayne Johnson having catching coffee up. with him. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. And he's casting at the moment um, The Witches, which he has said has not been given the official green light, but he's hoping with casting alongside it that, that really will push it over the line. And so oh, there's word of I really hope names like Anne Hathaway being involved in it and things like that. So... Um, yeah, mm. very exciting times to see what's going to happen for the future well, of Robert Zemeckis. And uh, dark as shit. We probably should have some sort of off-air board meeting on for future seasons. What we're going to do when past directors drop a new movie? Oh yeah, true, very true. I think we could just keep on the um the mini app, the mini yeah, the mini app almost review bandwagon. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too too much into a review podcast because that just gets hard. Yeah, we want to just give our thoughts on the film. Yeah, exactly. Just what like we a little revisit. You know, yeah. keep fresh. Keep yeah. fresh. Keep you up to date with your with these loved directors. Yeah, I I agree. And I love your idea there, Craig. Board meeting closed. Board meeting closed. But I also just want to finish off this one um, yeah. as uh, a big sign-off to the, the um, amazing Penny Marshall who passed away. Yes. Um done some has an amazing career yeah and will be missed yeah big time um it was a big loss this week yeah man that was a big loss that shocked me as hell yeah and obviously you know then there's the heartbreak of stanley yeah yeah we didn't acknowledge that in previous episodes no no but that's that's still very raw to me yeah i watched that marvel released a um an official video of it and I think I started crying. Oh, crazy. Oh, you don't know how much I used to read Stanley's soapbox all the time, man. Um, in the comic books. Because, well, you know, that's all they had. And you just read about his and he and one of the amazing things was he was so ahead of his time. Yeah. And he, he loved using large words because he wanted kids to go to a dictionary yeah. and actually look it up and actually learn what that word was. And he was so much about integration. He was so much about equality. Man. He was just like, yes, he's had some bad times. You know, him and Kirby never never ended off well. But, yeah, just love the man. Yeah. Got, him, be, got his name in place. It's, um, 
as we sort of come to the end of 2018, there's there's been a lot, and I think we might, while well, we keep on the on-air board meeting, <laughs> I'd love to do a little mini episode as well, Craig, where we give our thoughts of the year. Yeah, see, that'd be cool, man. That'd be heaps cool. Um, it'd be great to do one uh, where we discuss our favourite films of the year. We would build our top ten. Yeah, we could build our top ten. That would be great. Um, that would be I'll awesome. Post that up. So, anyways, we'll talk about that offline. So, um, but um, <laughs> well, we could just go three, two, one, and then count it in. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> so I need a bit of thought in it. That was literally just a uh, non-air word. It's better vomit. when we riff. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Actually, no, it's not. We end up three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, hey, thanks for being along for the the ride today, um, and always. Tune in next week where we do talk flight. Um, And from all of us here from first to last, I'm Jeff Reed. And I am Craig Killian. And thanks for listening. We love you, baby.